0: One, There it is. We are live.
1: It is Monday, and we're ready to rock and roll. We got a great show for you guys today. So, James, hit it. Let's go.
2: Shut up and sit down. down. Ah. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you.
1: Well, awesome. well, well, we're ready to have some fun, ladies and gents. James, yeah. it is time for
0: some fire. fire. All right, ladies and gentlemen, today's guest has a most impressive resume. He is the host of the UK's number one business podcast, Scale Up Your Business. So we were of like minds. But that, of course, is just the tip of the iceberg. Our guest has a very particular skill and is a world-round Growth and scale up specialists. Business leaders unlock their full potential. So, if you want to scale your business, you're definitely going to want to tune in today. Our work with equity and health facility 22 business acquisitions across eight business sectors in 11 county, uh, 11 countries altogether, <laughs> yep. creating a valuation for those companies of over 5.3 billion dollars billion
3: <laughs> what, a what a rock star
0: that's <laughs> it a rock star are so excited to have this guest on the show today. join at nearly midnight from the uk the co-founder of the field group and dedicated to entrepreneurs freedom build wealth and live life without its give it up Nick bradley
3: Nick, yeah, welcome no, to the program. That wow. is the best intro, guys. Come <laughs> on,
2: that, that's
3: worth that's worth being <laughs> up at midnight in the UK with fire, and I got people clapping. Man, everything this is going to be fun. That's how we roll. Yeah. That's how
1: we roll. All right, Nick. All about uh, that let's, fun. Let's get into some of the juicy stuff, man. You are a fellow podcaster out there doing your thing i want to know how you got into the whole podcast space i mean give me give me a little synopsis of you know what you you did before and how you got into the whole podcasting yeah
3: absolutely well listen i i had a whole background working in sort of corporate land which we don't need to talk about because that's the boring bit then i did (laughs) i did sort of um a whole stint in private equity which is um where you've got you know really rich guys going and buying businesses that are undervalued and then they put mugs like me in there to kind of scale them up and turn them around and and make them millions if not billions so I did that for about a decade and um, had my own kind of epiphany that I thought you know what I'm going to jump seats instead of sitting on that side I'm going to go and jump on the side of the business owner the entrepreneur and part of that journey was starting a podcast and you know what's really funny about it right is I kind of sat on the idea for months I thought oh I'm not going to do it blah 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 and then I put it out there And it got a really, really good traction and decent audience really quickly. And as you guys have said, it went to number one in the UK charts. I think it was number 17 in the US business charts as well. And it's been a massively fun ride since then of all sorts of crazy stuff and meeting some really fun and interesting, successful um, entrepreneurs and business leaders.
1: What was, what was your intent when you got into it? I mean, obviously you were going to get into the, into the new, you know, stepping out of the corporate space, going into the entrepreneur space, but why, why the podcast? Like what, what, what was your intent going into it?
3: Yeah. So what happened, right. Is I, I had this kind of corporate career where I got some pretty early success. So I was kind of sitting on sort of fortune 500 boards before I was 30. And then I was like a CEO before I was 35 of, of some smaller businesses, but still pretty high profile. So you had the best touch, uh,
1: yeah, basically, right?
3: <laughs> you know, to be honest, can I be can I be honest on this show? Absolutely. Okay, I was a bit of an ass, right? Right. I kind of everything was about me. It was about kind of how high I could get, how much money I could make, all these sort of things. And what ended up happening is I ended up having a bit of a kind of I wouldn't say as a breakdown, but I had this uh, this kind of I'm not the person I wanted to be, and mm-hmm. my wife was telling me so, and I wasn't being the best um, dad to my two girls. And I kind of thought, you know what, I need to kind of get some balance. So instead of just going after the money, the status, I need to start to put a bit more out there to help people. And so to be to be really frank about it, the podcast was done so I could actually start to get a bit more balance in my life by putting some stuff out there to help people and having more contribution instead of just, you know, focusing so much on achievement. So that Wait, was the catalyst. Nick, so
1: money can't buy you happiness is that what you're well, trying you know to tell what? me? I had,
3: I had heaps of cash and still do, but I wasn't happy. So, you know, there you go. What
1: what, what was it about, you know, people often look to that whole success uh, level as this is when I'm going to achieve my happiness. Like, I want to know a little bit more about that uh, feeling of inadequacy, like where you're not happy yet you have everything. Like that, that doesn't make sense for a lot of people. A lot of people look up to yeah. somebody like that and they think, dude, that guy's got it all. He's got the cars. He's got the houses. He's got the everything he could possibly want how could he not be happy
3: yeah well let me unpack it because I think you know it's one of those things I thought the same and like I get it that people are probably looking at me thinking you know look at this guy woe is he I don't want to come across as someone who's not grateful for what I had all it was was simply this is I was thinking that the next mountain I was going to climb the next job promotion the the bigger company the better house the the nicer car was kind of getting me to some point of you know, feeling happy and fulfilled. And what I found is every time I got to one level, I had to get to the next level. So I never stopped and felt satisfied by the whole thing. And so what ended up happening is I realized that it was because, you know, to be really happy in life, you need to have balance across lots of areas. So you need to have success in your career, success in your relationships. You've gotta be sort of physically well, health, all that sort of stuff. And I just had one area, which was career business, just totally disproportionately outweighing everything else. Yeah, your scale uh, tipped. Yeah, all the way I, to oh one man, side. man, you should. have, you, I mean, I was. I did say the word ass, didn't
1: I? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there, there's a lot of people out there, uh, myself included, who are always seeking that professional level of success, right? Like, I think, you know, I, I'm I'm on the mindset of, you know, if I can if I can achieve that, then having that kind of success will make my wife happy. Having achieved that, I can provide my children with what they want. Having achieved this thing, you know, I can do all the other things. How how did you – how were you able to find what you call balance? Because I don't really – honestly, I don't feel there ever is a balance because wherever I'm looking, I'm not looking in the other direction. If I'm focused on one thing, I am not focused on the other.
3: Yeah. Well, The thing I had is I just wasn't – I wasn't present, right? So everything was about – what's next, not kind of what I had, which which again, I don't think people in, the, in, in most situations don't really kind of understand what they've got right now is probably enough. And so, so for me, I wouldn't say necessarily that everything right now is fully balanced. You know, there's points where I'm focusing on certain things and I've got goals and different ambitions and I've got still massive aspirations of what I'm building, certainly in my kind of business life, but I've got significantly better at being intentional with my time. So instead of it all being about what's next in the terms of business, I can sort of compartmentalize different things so that I'm focused on the things that matter in the times when I've scheduled them. So, so now, now that, that you stuff.
0: tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift. <laughs> I love this this that. Awesome. Panda quote.
1: I love that. panda <laughs> quote. I mean, but that, that's kind of, you know, something that I've been really thinking about lately. Um, I, I've, I've, I've been journaling for quite some time, but I've added a secondary journaling step to what I do uh, to add that level of gratitude. So I have that that action of gratitude in the mornings. Um, I also make sure that I reflect on the day before and effectively plan what my intention is for the day. It helps me, again, kind of narrow in on, on what is valuable today, right? What can I get accomplished today to achieve whatever it is that I want to achieve? And it could be a health goal. It could be, you know, a financial goal. It could be a family goal, whatever it is, but I'm starting to map out in my priority list for my intention. You know, what is my dollar productive activity I need to do for the day? What is my health thing that I need to get accomplished today? What is my family thing that I need to accomplish today in that same light to try to find that balance? Now that you've kind of set yourself up for that, What are you looking to accomplish now? Because I I feel like that level of competitiveness never goes away in an entrepreneur or winner. There's always a level that you have to go up to.
3: No, I mean, listen, I'm I'm probably more competitive or have um, higher sort of ambitions for myself than what I did back in the corporate. I feel in some cases unleashed because when I was in that sort of framework of, you know, you know that, the movie, The Matrix, and I'm sure someone's going to put up a Matrix thing now, um, the red and the blue pill. I was stuck in a world where everything wasn't quite as it seemed. And now I feel unleashed and I'm doing what I want. I'm serving people. I've got now seven businesses coming up to, I had 10 streams of income. It's going to be 11 as of next week because we've got a new business launching. And so I'm actually doing more now than what I was doing when I was stuck in the world of corporate, but I'm doing it with much more balance around everything else. So I don't think you lose the fire. And if anything, I'm sort of jumping more into bigger risks and bigger opportunities than what I was doing previously. It's just this this idea of that I can put focus where I need to put focus. I'm disciplined enough to take the right actions at the right times. And I've had, to to be honest, I've trained myself to do that. I've trained myself to be able to be clearer on the things that are important at the right times. And I think that's a bit of an area that a lot of people don't understand, or more importantly, don't know what to do about.
1: Well, let's let's use that because I wanted to kind of pivot into this whole scaling thing, right? Yeah. Taking a business from from concept to the point where you can sell it to another person, or you can take it as an IPO and sell it to other investors, or pitch it to angel investors or capital investors, whatever it's going to be, that's a whole different type of way of looking at business. When you come into a a venture, what is it that you're looking for, and what is it that you often see? like common mistakes that you see people getting into when they're when they're in business yeah sure
3: let me let me get into that because i think one of the things <laughs> i'll tell you a really funny analogy right so do you play with lego when you're a kid or even now
1: yeah absolutely
3: <laughs> so right okay so this is this is even the way I tell sorry i did too i love it <laughs> oh, my, my girls have got star wars lego everywhere and i'm all over it and um anyway so so as a kid right i always said there's like two type of lego builders there's the, there's the lego builder who kind of just gets all the bricks and just kind of make some crazy cool thing right just takes mm-hmm. it all and just whatever and then you've got the other type who kind of gets the instructions out and builds the thing almost to sort of perfect levels of precision and engineering following the instructions so it's perfect right so i was the latter i was the guy that could kind of you know make something so so precise turn it into a machine and i'm that sort of entrepreneur so if i go into a business now i can pretty easily and very quickly diagnose exactly the areas which are working in that business which are optimized and which areas are broken and need to be fixed and the journey of scale up in many cases is going into a business which has been great at startup in other words it's had a good idea that solved a problem it's got its first customers and then quite often happens is they hit this struggle zone it's often called the wilderness and that really creative entrepreneur who started the business has no idea what the hell's going on. And then they hit this plateau. And I've been involved in businesses that have been in plateaus for literally years. And then I can go into them and say, okay, well, we need to fix marketing. We need to fix operations. We need to do this, that, and the other. And once you start to learn those triggers, and we can get into kind of the the mechanics of it, then you can scale businesses quickly. And as what you said is right. Once you get to a certain level of scale, you create a business that's so awesome that other people want to buy it. And if you want to create wealth in your life, it's much easier to create from, you know, wealth from selling a business and creating what we call a capital event than it is from trying to grow the thing organically and always working in the business and and sort of trading time for money.
1: And that's a, uh, you know, having that large capital event or having having that setup point, it takes a uh, a different kind of eye. When you were describing it, you said you can come into a venture now and see like where their mishaps are, what they're missing. Um, that kind of implies that every business has pretty much the same type of systems that need to be put into place. That you can walk into a dry cleaning company as much as you can walk into a tech company and easily identify the differences. What are those key components that that you're kind of describing that, that they tend to lack?
3: Yeah. Okay. So, so the one thing that jumps out all the time is when a business starts going, let's say backwards or or not growing, it's, it's often not the business. That's the problem. (laughs) It's usually the person running it. And, and that's a bit of a difficult one, particularly for people who have started a business successfully, and then they get stuck. And that's where, you know, you asked before about why has my podcast been successful and why did I do it? A lot of what I talk about is the importance of business mindset, growth mindset, because quite often it's the bottleneck comes from the the owner or the entrepreneur losing um, focus and confidence. So that's the first piece. The second piece is, you know, a lot of businesses, they just don't um, run the fundamentals very well. So the fundamentals of business are things like cash flow. So you often hear the phrase, cash is king. Mm. You know, we, You know, as you go through challenging times, if you haven't got reserves, then a business can go backwards very quickly. And a lot of businesses fail because cash management isn't there. The second thing I see all the time is that, uh, businesses are not sort of externally focused. They're not necessarily looking at their customers or the market and making decisions which are coming from that sphere of influence, from those insights. And they, they're sort of stuck in there thinking, well, actually, this product that I made four years ago is still a great product. But what they don't realise is the market's changed. And, like, right now with digital and different things happening around the economy and, and everything, like, the speed of change in the external market is so fast, that you know, I often say you've got to be making decisions every quarter now to make sure that you're still remaining relevant for your customers. Mm. And then the other thing, and this is this is the key bit because it doesn't really matter about sector or anything, is that scale up is the ability to build teams and to introduce systems, processes, and automation. It doesn't matter if it's a dry cleaner, doesn't matter if it's a you know Fortune five hundred company. They're the core building blocks. And as you scale, it's about bringing more people in, which means more complexity, means culture. Means values, and a lot of people struggle with that, and therefore they don't build the fundamentals around how you incentivize and bring the right capability in to drive growth. And so, quite often, you can pick—you know—it's often said the the wrong people in the wrong seats, or the right people in the wrong seats, or however you want to describe it. But that's one of the biggest um, fundamentally sort of breakdowns of, of people who are going through that journey to scale up.
1: You know, you you, you mentioned how you have to change on a quarterly basis to stay relevant. Um, my big soapbox lately has been, if you're in business, you need to have a podcast with COVID hitting, you know, people have been cutting back on expenses and oftentimes they cut back on marketing expenses when this is the time where you, you need more exposure, not less. Yeah. And so I'm, I've been a big, a big, proponent of you need to start a podcast. This is the best way for you to stay in front of those people that are already part of your database Are already part of your circle of influence. You need to put out more content. It's been the best prospecting tool I have ever come across in my entire, you know, 15 years of business. There's no other way that I've been able to meet new people on a daily basis and talk to them about, you know, whatever it is that, that we're, that we're doing. Um, what is your point of view on the podcasting as a marketing ploy, as a branding ploy for, for businesses?
3: Oh, God, 100% agree with everything you said. I, I sort of broaden it slightly to say you have to have a media, media platform. Mm-hmm. So whether it's a podcast or whether it's YouTube or something, definitely um, voice and video is important. But, but what it comes back to is this, right? You know, there's the concept of B2B and B2C, and I don't really believe in that anymore. I think it's P2P, it's person to person. So, you know, people have always bought from other people, right? So it comes back to things like, um, you know, knowing, liking, and trusting someone. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a media vehicle like a podcast and people can spend, you know, every single week, half an hour, an hour with you, and, and I put out two episodes a week. I have a 15-minute one on Mondays, and then I have a long interview one that goes out on Thursdays. People are kind of calling me up saying, like, they know me. You know, Mm I'm Nick, you know, and like like we're mates. And sometimes it gets really funny because they're like, I can't believe it's you. I can't believe I'm speaking to you. And (laughs) And I get a bit embarrassed. But I tell you what, all of the businesses that we have, I've got a business partner as well, but all the businesses that we have since we've been doing the podcast have grown considerably. Some of them have tripled. And what it comes back to is having a personal brand with an opinion that some people like and some people don't like. You've got to stand for and against something. You can't just be vanilla in the middle. Um, It's an amazing way of of creating raving fans, prospecting, just qualifying people who you want to have in your world from a commercial standpoint as much as anything else.
1: How do you decide how, uh, divided you want to be like, there are so many issues, especially today, whether you're talking political, whether you're talking social economic, there are all kinds of different areas that you can go on one side or the other and be controversial. Uh, and, and I know this answer varies from person to person, but how are you deciding how to stay relevant and how to be, you know, uh, polarizing in in a sense, in some aspect
3: yeah so so the first thing i do is i i do stay in my lane so i'm not you know there's a lot of people who who go out there and do this thing called engagement jacking which is they'll just say whatever needs to be said which is the polar opposite of what the majority are saying at any one Mm -hmm. time just to get you know people following them or to stand out and and i don't believe in that personally i mean i talk about business i talk about personal development i talk about mindset i talk about investments acquisitions I talk about that stuff now. If something big politically comes up and someone asks my opinion on it, then I will give an opinion on it. But what I don't do is, is jump into everything that's topical at any one point in time and just have to have an opinion just because I want to kind of build an audience off that. My, my personal belief is the people who I want to appeal to might be a very select few in the thousands that absolutely buy into what I what I say and how I help them and how I contribute. Not trying to build. You know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of people who, quite frankly, you know, are are just there for vanity reasons. So that's my perspective. I appreciate that's not everyone's perspective. That's how I like to look at it.
1: Yeah, I I feel you. I'm 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 the same exact way. When we talk about uh, you know building an audience and redefining the influencer, I talk a lot about that as well. It's and I try to tell people the same thing. I mean, there's like this core. 100 people that are already in your life that you talk to on a regular basis. The problem is they have no idea what you do. Like they know you, but they have no idea what you do because you never spoke about it. You've never said a single thing.
3: So, you know, being you sound an like, you sound like my wife now. That's what she says. She says, what, what do you do? <laughs> you do this podcast thing. And I said, yeah, I just I just do the podcast, babe. Don't worry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's, I, I say the same thing, right? But, but at the same token, like everybody that you want to have influence on is seeing you, is hearing you you know, is recognizing you. It's, it's, it's a very one-sided relationship because they know you better than you know them. You probably don't even know that, you know, they're around yet. You haven't made an introduction. They haven't been introduced as, as any part of your life for the most part, but you're bringing them value nonetheless. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's what the medium is, is about, you know, I, and I keep grouping everything together. I keep saying podcast, 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 but really, you know, it's a lot more than that. It's being able to be on live. It's being able to, you know, break it up and have small pieces. It's being able to have branding laid out the way we do. It's just a matter of staying in front of people and telling them what it is you do. It's marketing one one.
3: It is, and 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 the ability to build authenticity and you know trust and rapport. I mean, that, that's the that's the key thing for me. Is, you know, and and people sometimes. I mean, when I kind of coach or mentor people, which I still do, you know, they come and say, "Oh, I don't want to put myself out there. You know, I I just want to kind of market my business. I just want to kind of take the brand of my business and and do Facebook ads or something like that." And I go, listen, you know, I totally get that this is not easy. I totally get that, you know, jumping on a Facebook Live or doing the stuff like we're doing here is you've got to kind of have a certain degree of confidence and it gets easier over time. But you are missing a massive opportunity to step up and stand out at a very cost-effective way of doing it um, versus anything else you could be doing. So if you're serious about growing and scaling your business and you're not going to put yourself out there or at least leverage what's out there that's available to you, you're not going to get to where you need to get to quickly or possibly at all.
1: That's absolutely true. Now we got to take a quick little break here.
0: I am loving today's show. So, so good. But uh, let me throw a quick little hands insurance tip at all here. And today we're talking about vicarious liability and personal injury. So vicarious liability means that you as a parent are responsible for the wrongful acts committed by your kids and as a business owner you're responsible for the acts of these. Now in your business, your general liability coverage will typically extend to your employees but this can not always be said for the liability coverage in your homeowners policy specific for personal injuries such as libel and slander. So when I was a kid, we had bullies, right? The bullies were in school, and once school was over, well, that was about it. No more bullies, at least until we went back to school the next day. Nowadays, however, the bullying doesn't stop when the kids go home. Social media can be especially cool to these kids. This is why a personal injury endorsement on your homeowner's or renter's policy is important. If your kid gets caught up in online bullying, you might be on the hook for a libel lawsuit. It's all on the internet, recorded and stored. Not to mention you could sued for leaving a bad review on Yelp that causes a financial loss. Personal injury is an optional cut in your homeowner's policy and your agent may have removed it if you a few look for it in your policy to make sure that you're protected. Now, if you have questions or need any advice, give Pipeline Insurance a call at seven seven nine two eight nine 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 four, and follow me on Twitter at insurancebroham.
1: Woo! Good stuff. Nick, um, you've been doing this for a while now. You've had so many great experiences. I'm going to ask you... A little bit of advice. The other day we had a guest on the show that is uh, promoting young entrepreneurs to go out and you know, pitch their ideas, get out there and, and do something. He's awarding uh, two $500 cash prizes and one $750 cash prize to young kids that are out there getting started. Uh, what advice would you give to young entrepreneurs? They don't gotta be that young, could be the 21-year-old kids fresh out of college, but what advice would you give?
3: Man, I love that. I love entrepreneurship for me is such an amazing place, right? You know, and I kind of think it's one of those things that gets sometimes a bit of a bad rap because, you know, it's um it can be confusing, right? You know, not every everyone's gonna go out there and have a, a the next Uber or kind of you know tech startup that gets to a billion dollars, but you've just got to be able to go out there and solve, solve a meaningful problem. So my my advice is this is first and foremost, make sure that that you get, like I said beforehand, get out of your head a bit. You know, you need to be creative, but you also want to make sure that you've got a really clear um, target market and, and what I call kind of avatar or persona. And this is crucial because a lot of um, people that I mentor and I do mentor young entrepreneurs, they're not clear on who their customer is. And the more you can get focused, sometimes it's called, you know, creating a niche. And the more you can understand That individual that you're going to serve with your product or service, the more successful you'll be. The second thing is be super clear that there is actually a problem. I see so many entrepreneurs go out there and they create something that they think is solving a problem, but the problem doesn't really exist. So make sure that you speak to your audience and make sure that's super clear. And then when you actually go to launch your, you know, your, your solution that's going to be sort of solving that problem. Make sure that you um, test and trial lots of different things. So, again, I see lots of entrepreneurs go out there thinking that one form of marketing or some sort of go-to-market strategy is going to help them. And what I say these days is marketing is really testing. Test, 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 do lots of low-cost tests. And when you start to see something working, then, you know, put the gasoline on the fire to use that expression, and that's where you'll start to get quick growth. And then all of a sudden, you're on that exciting ride of startup. Yeah, That that is so true.
1: When you finally figure out something that works. And here's here's the funny thing about that. It's it comes down to asking questions. Oftentimes, in almost any aspect of business, when people get out there and they're like, you know, I don't have enough clients. Well, how many people did you talk to today? That's the issue. I haven't talked to anybody. Or you have a lot of leads that you've generated. I still don't have any business. How many did you follow up with? I still haven't reached out. It's that having that ability to converse with somebody and ask the question. If you have an idea. Idee, Go out there and ask your ideal avatar, your client, "Is this something that you would buy? Or what am I missing? What would you like to see?" Asking those questions and getting clarity, I think, is is yeah. one of those hurdles that people need to overcome.
3: Absolutely, you've got to, You've got to be externally focused. This this is the thing. You know, the best entrepreneurs, the ones that are successful, the ones that get funding and have to go and pitch to angel investors or whatever's going on in that space, are the ones that are externally focused. So the more that you can talk about, "Hey, it's not my opinion; it's the market." You know, and I've done my homework. To to get that—they're the ones that kind of cut through the sea of people trying to start businesses.
1: All right, I got one. Uh, I got two more segments for you, but this is the next one. We've talked about your personality type, what you wanted to achieve. We talked about the balance that you've had or not have had getting uh, getting to the level of success that you've reached. You are uh, doing it the right way this time and yet there's still a level that you want to reach what's in the future for you what are your goals what do you want to achieve
3: yeah so i've i mean for me there's two big things so i'm i'm I'm, I'm big into building a portfolio of companies. So if you kind of go through the different stages of startup to scale up, the, the end goal of that, if you're kind of really into business, is creating an empire. And that's essentially having multiple businesses. Sometimes they work together, sometimes independently. But the goal for me from a personal perspective is to get my uh, my net worth up to over $100 million by having a portfolio of businesses together and and basically working through that cycle of investors to private equity, creating value from, from those scale-ups. Now that's kind of the more personal piece from the wealth creation standpoint, but then my bigger mission really, and, and this is something that came from something that happened a few years ago to me, is is trying to bring entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial skill set and mindset to people in the world who don't get access to that type of um, information. And Someone said to me years ago, and I think it's been used a few times, is that the cure for cancer might be sitting in some poor person's head in the middle of Africa where they just don't have access to education. Certainly the right education that can kind of drive creative thinking around entrepreneurship. So for me, it's also setting up a foundation where I can provide that information to people who just don't have the the means or the accessibility to the stuff that I've had the privilege of being exposed to.
1: I I love that. It reminds me of of, of Tupac. And I heard him say, he's like, I may not change the world, but I will inspire the mind of the person who will. Right. And that's kind of, you know, the same type of MO. It's like, you know, just share what you got. You never know, you know, the butterfly effect, right? The ripple effect. You never know what your drop in the pond can do, you know, across the world.
3: Yeah and I get I get most of the things I do now the satisfaction I get is is helping and inspiring people to kind of you know chase the dreams that they have around entrepreneurship so if I can do that more at scale because I have the means to do that because I have created this empire which is commercially viable successful then that's you know what that's not that's not something you retire from right that's just something you do because you love to do it you have a passion for it you're
1: never going to give it up.
3: <laughs> no, I love this, man. This is like my favorite thing. As I said, my, my wife has to drag me away from it.
1: <laughs> I, I feel the same exact way. I resemble that remark 100%. <laughs> All right, last little section here. workaholics what can i say all right uh you have a podcast you've been a guest on a number of different podcasts now you've been on the business bros podcast i want to know what your experience was like on our show uh what you think of our production our show quality the host james's insurance tips whatever you want to share with
3: us this i've got to say this and i've been on a few as you said before and i've got my own show this is awesome this is the best produced show i've been on it's fun and i love it i got to be honest it's great it's I don't know what to say. I want to say something negative now because I feel like I'm just gushing you with praise, <laughs> but, but I do. I love it. I think it's cool. And I think, you know, the whole stuff that you guys are doing and, and trying to open up this world of entrepreneurship and that sort of thing is fantastic. So I'm really happy to be able to support you and, um, and to, um, to give some value to your audience today. Well, thank
1: you, Nick. I mean, again, you, when people come on and share their stories, their trials, their tribulations, their successes, and their failures, like I think that is what people resonate with. We have passed on uh, our skill set. Over history through stories, and there's nothing better than sharing yours because you know, again, you never know who is going to. The person listening might not even be listening today. They might listen to the story, you know, a year or two from now. But it's the right time that they need to accept that message that comes into their life. And like you said, it might be the person who cures cancer. You never know.
3: I know, and I love that. I I often say when I'm producing a podcast or I'm writing something, I'm always thinking about: Does it change the life, or does it influence and inspire one person? And quite frankly, if that happens, if I'm always focused on that, I tend to get the best result in terms of the content I put out there. So that's that's always been my mantra. So I fully believe in that.
1: Well, I'm going to share one more thing with you when it comes to producing content, and and I, I say this quite often, but uh, I can never tell my kids. I can never show them what my grandpa was like. They'll never know. They'll know my stories, but they'll never know his, you know, his accent, his mannerisms, his sense of humor, nothing. Who knows right now, my great, great grandchildren could be listening to this episode or a couple episodes that I did. Every episode that I place on the internet is a piece of me that the legacy of me that lives on forever. And that to me is powerful. That's like, now you know exactly who I was, what I thought, what I believed in, what I laughed like, what I laughed at, you know, all (laughs) these different things because you put out that content. Man,
3: I got goosebumps thinking about that. That's a, that's a lovely piece. Because like, honestly, if I, if I press, you know, scale up your business in the car, I get my two girls who are five and eight going, dad, turn yourself off. (laughs) One day, one day when they've got kids or grandkids or whatever else, then actually, perhaps they might want to listen to it.
1: Yeah, you never know, right? I mean, we go through photo albums to reminisce and remember people. And we, you know, I wish we had video back then, except, you know, it was a big old camera that you have to carry around. So for Mm -hmm. us to be able to do it today, you know, it's just what we have is now online for for us to share with everybody that's no, a great
3: point point. and it's so much fun it's i it mean is. i love having um fun interesting conversations with people right that's that's you know it gets me excited and this is that's is why i love doing it yeah it's cool
1: 100 percent, nick thank you for being on the show ladies and gents uh that's the that's a wrap for monday that's all we got for you guys today uh make sure you guys check out nick's uh website just throw it on here real quick uh, if you guys want to connect with Nick, check out his podcast. Check out everything he's going on. It's at nickbradley.com. Uh, make sure you follow him on Instagram at Uh And again, Nick, thank you for being on the program.
3: Hey, it's that been awesome, Nick's guys. C-C-Brad- Nick C. Bradley. Yeah, um, nickcbradley.com. And listen, guys, it's been yeah. awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. I said this is just an amazing show, and I enjoyed it immensely. I was laughing my head off with the fire at the beginning, so that's cool. <laughs> that, 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 that's a highlight for my – almost one o'clock in the morning in the uk time
1: (laughs) (laughs) thank you for being on taking the time to come on appreciate you all right guys that's all we got for you guys today peace and we're out bye-bye
2: thank you for listening to the business bros podcast are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income